Welcome to Pros and Cons, a show about a mix of topics. I'm Jack. And I'm Kev. Let's talk about Lana Del Rey. The name is so, like, exotic, bro. (laughs) I don't know why. Is that her last name? No. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we got that out of the way. (laughs) You know what's funny? Because, like, we brought up this whole idea, like, oh, let's do Lana Del Rey. And I quickly then realized, like... I know very little about her. Like, other than her music, like, nothing, bro. Which is kind of part of her thing. Yeah. I guess let's start with that. It very much is, like, a persona that she's kind of set up, but not in a corny way. Or, I mean, some people might think that, but in a way that still feels, like, authentic to a lot of people. Is it a persona, though? I don't know. (laughs) Like, I wonder if she lives her life that way. I mean, that's the thing. Where is the line blurred nowadays between, like, envisioning who you want to be and, like, this certain type of person? If you can make that and make that your career and everything, where's the line between that person and, quote-unquote, who you really are? Like, Yeah. One example I could think of, like, right away off the top is, like, Kali Uchis. Mm-hmm. Like, she's another one where, like, her look... Her style, her personality is, like, so easy to pick out. It's like a persona, for sure. But if you, like, followed her, like, on social media and everything, all her posts, it's like, damn, you're at home, but you are wearing furry heels right now. <laughs> like, it is, or it could be really you. But, yeah, I, I got almost the same feels from Lana. Like, like whether or not it's actually who they are, like, living life, even if it was who they really are, it's still... A persona an idea that they've created and they've manifested even if they've become that person they kind of thought like oh this is the type of person type of style all that that i want to be and like when you add another name to it i think that's when it also becomes like a quote-unquote persona you know yeah well said well said but i mean how would you for people who don't know <laughs> describe like that personality of her all right so last time we did this you know, like, talk about a person on pros and cons. It was about Quentin Tarantino. And mostly because his new movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, came out, which is based in the Charles Manson killings in Hollywood in 1969, 1970. Yeah. Well, my point is, there's no one else other than Lana Del Rey that would love to be in this era. And fit in. No, she, like, (laughs) she might have been one of the killers <laughs> for charles Manson. like i don't know that's the vibe she gives out old hollywood old hollywood yeah i think that's a big part of it for sure i also just more generally usually think of it as like 50s 60s americana like how those kind of quote-unquote classic ideas of america during those times like what those were envisioned as whether reality or just nostalgia but she kind of takes a lot of that into her image and her music yeah like i wouldn't be surprised if she has like american flags everywhere if she only drives chevys she like used to perform this one song with like an american flag behind her and then after trump she said i'm not doing it anymore there you go but she also has a song called national anthem where in the video, ASAP Rocky is playing JFK. 
pretty genius video. Switching it up. That's what she does. <laughs> but yeah, like super Americana, bro. Like, And I was saying it also translates into her music too, not just her look, style, personality, etc. But her music to me reminds me of like singers that I don't even know specifics that well. It's more of like a type of singer from that period that I kind of connect to her. And it almost feels like she's filling in that gap in like modern times, like this generation's version of that singer. I don't know, like a Joni Mitchell or someone like that who I don't even know their music that well, like these singers, but just as like the kind of feels it gives off. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and agree with you, even though I have no idea who that is. (laughs) But no, yeah, super like old timey, like in a good way. It's something that you can easily like visualize or hear if you were watching like some crazy like black and white 1950s movie and it would like fit in beautifully yeah or like performing at woodstock you know yeah that was like in my head but i didn't mention it because i feel like woodstock would be more chaotic like it was just louder and her voice is like the opposite of that like it's like calming but it doesn't mean she wouldn't fit like she would have performed at Woodstock <laughs> if she was a thing in yeah, like 1969 100%. or whatever that year was. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. It's also like the way she uses her voice and the type of production she has and all that. Like if it was only the voice, it wouldn't quite be the same thing. And she has had songs where it's more like hip hop type production in the past. But even on those, though, she still brings her old school flair to it. Oh, yeah, her voice usually goes so well with whoever's making her instrumentals that i don't know her voice is almost like another instrument or something (laughs) that's like just as beautiful as the instruments i don't know but yeah she does have like a modern twist to it so it doesn't just feel like ancient music there's a reason why we're attracted to the type of music and her voice so i guess we'll get into it when we get into the albums and her music yeah i guess before we go into the discography we should bring up another big part of her music and her persona and all that which is her music videos which like you said before with the old hollywood stuff like she has a very cinematic feel to her voice and her music and she always goes super hard with her music videos and it's kind of a mix of stuff but it all is within that world of hers that we're talking about you're getting the full package with her yeah like you're getting the video the voice the instrumentals like visuals yeah it's up there and she gives you that feel that feel we're talking about that like old school film camera faded grainy and yeah it all translates like so well to video that you almost have to see her as a package like if you like her music you better tune into her videos too because you almost likely enjoy it Yeah, and it's crazy, too. Like, I was going back before this and looking through, like, different old music videos, too, to look all the way from past to present type thing. And it's crazy to see, like, how she's evolved. Like, it's all been pretty linear. Like, it all makes sense. But to go from video games, which was how I discovered her, like, she looks so young there and still within her image, but different at the same time to now and even before now 
just to becoming like fully formed, especially when she got to make it her career and get bigger budgets to do all this stuff inside her mind and all that. Do you have a favorite video of hers? I mean, I would say National Anthem, which I talked about before, always kind of stuck in my brain, and I still think it's one of her best. What about you, though? you have any standouts? Yeah. National Anthem, you mentioned. Blue Jeans, and then West Coast. Pretty solid. I guess I would put video games at number two, just because it's one of the most essential of hers, I think, to just understanding her rise from start to now Mm -hmm. and like i said it was how i discovered her so do you remember seeing it at the time that it came out yeah it was the song that like a lot of people hopped on or i mean it was like her blow-up song it was a song that people recognize her from at least at the time and remember like a lot of the girls around me at that time like people i followed and like tumblr this was it like think about tumblr and lana del rey like no she (laughs) I mean, her and Frank Ocean, like, <laughs> that might be an episode, like, top Tumblr person. And it makes me feel old because I feel like no one uses Tumblr anymore. But Yeah, I know. <laughs> but that was, like, the era. Like, yeah. she owns that shit. Or at least she's the female queen of Tumblr. Yeah, for sure. I guess there could be a male queen of Tumblr, too. That could be Frank. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, that video was, like, everywhere. And I often see it like reposted because you know like you can repost on tumblr and it would just come up like every week i feel like i'd see it or like screenshots of it yeah yeah so it's kind of ingrained in my mind like i can't help it do you remember what you thought at first funny it's not even like one of my favorite songs ever i listened to it because it's like it is alana essential like it is the track but i was like "Eh, it's cool i guess I didn't really become, like, a super fan until, like, the whole Born to Die project came out. Yeah. And, like, Blue Jeans was, like, my shit. Right. But video games, it was, like, eh, whatever. Like, it's cool. It's different. And you can tell right away, for sure, though, like, her persona and who she was from the video, so. Yeah, exactly. Also, real quick, shout out her going to Fordham University. Hey. BX all day. Where she lived while going. So... That's dope. And she's actually from upstate New York, so which is crazy because it feels like she's from California. <laughs> no, yeah, like it's one of the craziest things because I didn't even remember that until you just mentioned it. I did know that she was from upstate New York, but like it just came back to my head. But yeah, like we did start the show saying like she is old school Hollywood, like that is who she is. And you would think that she grew up here and like grew up around it and that's why, but... Yeah, if we haven't emphasized it enough, she has a very California slash very Los Angeles sound. If you're listening to a Lana Del Rey song and about 25 syllables go by and there's no (laughs) references of oceans, water, palm trees, California (laughs) town or city, then it's not a Lana Del Rey song. Let's put it that way. But yeah, she's from the upstate New York forests and woods. (laughs) maybe that should be like one of her future albums she should go back home and just spend like a year and to see what she comes up with just call the album woodstock wow (laughs) there it is all right so discography we were actually talking about this before we started 
recording and we realized we have the same ones for top pros and top cons. Yeah. So we could just say what they are and then go through them. So for cons, there's Honeymoon, Mm. Lust for Life, and then Paradise, which is technically part of a reissue of Born to Die, but it also is considered like a separate EP and stuff of like eight tracks. Yeah. It's pretty much a separate project. Wouldn't call them like throwaways or anything, but it's for sure like a weird part two. Extra tracks from Born to Die. But she only really has these six, so it's not like we can put something else in the top three either way. So we're using it for this purpose and then for pros we have born to die i mean come on if that's not in your top three <laughs> then what are you listening to we have ultra violence classic and her new album norman fucking rockwell i think for me in general what kind of separates these is on the con projects like her style is still there like it's still consistent but the songs themselves aren't as interesting or entertaining to me. Like, there's something about what she hit on those other projects that just feels like it grabs you more. And on the new album, it feels like she's really refined her style a lot. But from Born to Die, like you said, and like we've been saying with everything, it's been there from the jump. Yeah, it's weird because, like, we've literally been mentioning the whole episode. Her sound is so specific and so consistent, like, throughout all these, that it'd be hard to even, like, differentiate from, like, albums. Sometimes you can probably just, like, put her whole discography on a playlist and, like, shuffle, and it'd be hard to say, like, oh, was that in Ultraviolence or... Honeymoon or... Honeymoon. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's so consistent, but I completely agree with you that I don't know what it is about sound, maybe lyrics or, like... Even just, like, hooks or chorus, like, in songs that just didn't stick. Like, was not feeling it, at least when they came out. Giving, like, Honeymoon a few listens, and I was just like, this just ain't it. Like Yeah, like, <laughs> underwhelmed. I don't know, yeah. Like, and I don't think I even have it on my library. And there's one or two in, like, Lust for Life, but, again, didn't really keep listening to it. Paradise was weird, because this was really soon after Born to Die. And I remember saying, like, yeah, I'll just stick to Born to Die right now. Like, I don't really need this. And it's another one where, like, I don't even remember specific songs in it. What I remember most about Paradise is seeing the vinyl in, like, Urban Outfitters and stuff. You know, like, (laughs) I think it's still there to this day. Like, (laughs) that album sells like crazy on vinyl that and born to die regular version yeah i mean she always kills the cover games yeah and i feel like that's really strong at least when it comes to purchasing vinyls like right yeah you could like the artists and all that but you gotta have like a solid like pretty dope cover who else out of any modern day artist feels like they need to be played on vinyl Mm -hmm. more than lana (laughs) i mean you got a point there like (laughs) you got everyone beat i feel like the Born to Die cover is also the most iconic that she's done and maybe ever will. Like, it just says so much about that kind of old America style, but it feels so timeless at the same time. Mm-hmm. Agree. So I went back before we recorded and, like, was listening through all the albums again just to give another refresher. 
and Born to Die, like, it does take a little bit of a dip, like, in the second half. But it's crazy how strong the first half especially is, just, like, filled with classics and gems of hers. And they come back, like, so instantly. Yeah, man, like, looking at this track list is freaking insane. Like, the top five, Born to Die, to Off to the Races, to Blue Jeans. Yo, when a song starts off and it has like a specific sound that when it starts you're just like oh shit that's blue jeans with the ah. <laughs> bro that shit like everyone pauses and it's like a sing-along if that shit comes in a car yo i have a theory that a song cannot be a classic if you cannot tell what it is within the first three seconds <laughs> two seconds bro <laughs> two but yeah you bro like to be an all-time banger just first know like everyone has to know what it is and i mean blue jeans has that <laughs> video games i mean come on and diet mountain dew which is <laughs> <laughs> the title is amazing and then it goes into national anthem like i could keep going after that it's kind of yeah except for summertime sadness the rest is so so but just even to have that yeah. six to start is insane, especially on your first major <laughs> For album. Real. Like to start off that way, we talking like Ken Griffey, <laughs> Michael Jordan, like LeBron James numbers right here. Now let's move on to Ultraviolence. So this is 2014. Now we have about two year gap between this and Born to Die slash Part Two Paradise. What are we thinking? Like, we were talking about how with Honeymoon and Lust for Life and Paradise, they, like, have songs that are consistent, but they don't really grab you. But Ultraviolence, to me, those songs, like, grab you a lot, especially the first half. Like, something about the song structure or I don't know what it is exactly, but it feels more powerful. Yeah, there's something in this album that I feel like she nailed with her new album. I don't know what it is with, like, song structure or just like how every track leads up to the next like i could probably listen to the whole album throughout and be like completely happy with it it's also the album that has arguably my favorite lana track damn which is west coast i don't know why yeah something about the instrumental which i feel goes so well with her voice like if you remember or vividly like could hear the song the slowdown that happens yeah. when it goes to like the hook or chorus yeah yeah it was like to me made for like her voice and it's almost like an example of what i say that her voice is almost like an instrument i feel like this song is part of why i think that and it gives me feels and it's another one of those where like damn is this song one of the reasons i moved to the west coast because it was like <laughs> subliminally like in the back of my head just yeah like, like embedded yeah embedded like it created like a weird fantasy in my head about the theme of the song mm-hmm. and the feel that the song gives you yeah i don't know it, it, like one of my favorite songs for sure like top three but possibly top one damn i mean i like this song too i don't know if i'd rank it that high but i definitely enjoy it for sure but yeah i mean just like a strong album mm-hmm. overall yeah and then we got honeymoon the year after in 2015 which we talked about i also was not super fan of it slow and not as grabbing 
And then a couple years later, got Lust for Life, 2017, which you mentioned about, I mean, I agree it has some good songs, but not enough overall, but like Mm -hmm. Summer Bummer with Rocky and Cardi is dope. Yeah. She has a song where she talks about Woodstock, where we were talking about it earlier and like comparing it to Coachella. She has a song with John Lennon's son, which is pretty dope, considering like her connection to that whole like mythology and stuff Mm. yeah overall didn't give it a ton of plays yeah i can agree but like we mentioned earlier like she's one of those where like her music is so consistent that i don't even feel bad like cutting an album or songs just because like i know whatever i have from her still fulfills like what she wants from her audience to get from her songs like the message is there, the feel is there, the mood is there. Right. You're going to get that no matter what album is your favorite. Like, she's consistent that way. And if you think about it, too, I've never, like, thought about it this way. But, like, the fact that the style of music she has has kind of held up over time mm. from what it's, like, referencing mm-hmm. to now, at least for the best of that time, I feel like that kind of shows that from here on, her music should stay pretty timeless in the same way as well. Yeah, like, it's weird to say timeless because we're, like, naming it or, like, calling it old school. Right. Like, it has an old school feel to it. Nostalgia. But, yeah, it's one of those where, like, I don't see her music aging. Like, yeah, I feel like I'll always hear it the same, which is, like, in music, that shit is super difficult to do. Yeah. Um, Lana's doing it. Yeah. That brings us to the new album, Norman fucking Rockwell. Beautiful, beautiful title. I mean, (laughs) not to, like, undermine all the other work she's done. Like, I like all her titles, even the ones that I don't really listen to. Yeah, they still fit. And even her, like, song naming, like, within the albums, all the songs are usually, like, pretty dope titles. Right. She probably got me with this one. This one's great. Like, (laughs) probably my favorite title out of all of them. And it fits so well with her because it's... Again, like the whole Americana thing, which was like a theme. Norman Rockwell, the painter, for those who don't know, worked with a lot like Americana, that theme. Mm-hmm. And then just to add her own little twist and kind of wink and middle finger at the same time is just kind of brilliant. And it like grabs your attention. Yeah, the title and the cover, which is like a photo of her on a boat with an American flag in the back hugging a guy but then there's also like this comic book type batman like splat splat boom bomb bing on the top left that says nfr which you know norman fucking rockwell yeah and then in the bottom right there's like a graffiti like almost with the same style as the top left that says ldr you know yeah just without the splat yeah and the land behind her is burning also which she mentions L.A. is in flames on one of the songs, so might be a reference to that or just the world overall right now, but yeah. I mean, killed it. So this album came out pretty recently, August 30th, only a couple weeks ago. We've been digesting it, but so far, like, I mean, we both put it in our top and we've said it's kind of the most realized and tweaked version of her Mm -hmm. refined style but 
what's kind of been your process with it so far it is probably like my favorite of hers like front to back yeah it feels like the most complete yeah like in that way and like sonically super consistent like born to die great all that but i feel like you get a lot it's a lot of yeah it's like experimentation super yeah like she was still trying to find herself quote unquote you mentioned the hip-hop beats the few more poppy beats but then she also like slows it down in some tracks and like brings it down super melodic and like soulful and then this one is just consistent like easy flowing like the wind and the waves of the west coast (laughs) um yeah shout out to the god jack antonoff who was like the main producer who worked with her on this album who's also worked with like lord on melodrama kevin abstract recently on arizona baby taylor swift's new album like the dude puts in work i don't know he did that shit with kev yeah that's strong but yeah like i don't even know if i would consider like any song in this album like to be in my top three or five but as a album overall i can easily say like it's probably the best it's just too consistent like we mentioned with born and die like track one through seven super strong and then it's like eh, ultraviolence same like i have a lot of like favorite tracks but there's a lot of dead i don't want to call it dead music but it's really like the second half or like the end section Mm -hmm. where it kind of takes that dip but this album doesn't have that for me like there are some tracks throughout that so far I'm not crazy about, mm. but the majority of songs I really like, or at least can appreciate. Yeah, and I mean a lot of the tracks are like super long tracks too, and yeah. I don't even mind it at all. It's kind of like you have to expect it with mm-hmm. her, you know. Like she's just that type of artist, and she makes it work with her style. Right. I mean, you were saying like. You don't know if you have any favorites all time from this, but I can't say for sure yet because it's been so recent and there's like a lot of them that I like on here, but I could see some from it making it to my top. Like, What are some you're leaning towards right now? I mean, I think the title track, the first track is amazing. Yeah. Such an incredible use of her voice and like such minimal production that works so well. The singles, Mariner's Apartment Complex and Venice Bitch, Mm -hmm. which are the second and third tracks, still enjoy. I'm a little more used to them because I was bumping them before the album came out, so I know them a bit more, but I still like them. Fuck It, I Love You. I like Doing Time, which is a cover of Sublime. I think she did really well. Like She always kills her covers. Mm -hmm. How to Disappear, really like The Greatest. A lot of good tracks. Any, like, initial faves for you? Yeah, I mean, the title track, like, that opening, Too Strong, killed it. Yeah, The Greatest is Good, Bartender, and Fuck It, I Love You probably, like, stand out, but it's not even by a lot. It's just, like, those are, like, the tracks that, like, the first listen, I remember, like, playing it and, like, picking up, like, damn, what's what's the name of this one? Like, But it doesn't mean that the other ones are bad. It's just, like, I don't know something about them got my attention a little bit more but yeah for sure have to like give it a few more listens yeah i would say title track is the one i've played the most but yeah and i mean just overall we said this briefly but it just feels like 
she took her style and like everything she was doing and like I don't want to say fully mastered it because hopefully there's more room to grow but she has like a grasp on it like she never has before like she was going full Kobe mode like all album like I mean yeah she only keeps growing if you see her doing time video she's technically a giant and so <laughs> yeah keep growing Lana I think also with her like refining like her skills whether vocals or everything the production is also more minimal mm -hmm. and it allows her voice to shine through and right. really grab you and i think she's a really great songwriter which we haven't really talked about yeah yet in addition to using the different themes like you mentioned of california or old americana which we talked about like any of that mm -hmm. She just has a way with lyrics that also kind of goes back to those past singer-songwriters. But she still finds a way to kind of grab you. And another connection to Tarantino, who we did like on our last person pros and cons episode, Lana can also be very polarizing and been called like anti-feminist and all this stuff. But... <laughs> We're not going to like go into the weeds of that, but she does her own thing and she always has since she came up and I think she always will like she's very set on her path and I think it's great. Yeah, I mean, she for sure knows who she is, even if we don't know who she is. <laughs> bang, bang. I mean, the mystery is like part of it. Yeah, know? we just need to know more about Bana's beauty regimen because talking from 2012 to now almost 2020. Shorty looks the same in every album cover. <laughs> what kind of lotions are you using? <laughs> Drop the skincare routine. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it there. You have anything more? I haven't gotten to see her live yet, but I'm sure she puts on a great live show. You plan on going to see her for this it's too, little tour? The tickets are crazy. Damn. She's playing in like the Hollywood Bowl or something, and it's hella expensive. Yeah, I could imagine. She also has this talent where, like, she can appeal to 12-year-old girl or guy and moms and possibly even grandmas across America. So it's going to be a hard ticket for sure. It's also dope that her sister, Chuck, takes a bunch of her photos and works on a bunch of her videos and stuff. So that's kind of cool. Damn. I mean, that's dope. Yeah. I like, like, every photo I see of Lana. So in family talent. <laughs> She go to Fordham too? Or you don't know? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, yeah, like right now as I'm surfing through her albums and like you click on them, I'm using my iPad right now. There's like a banner image that comes up on some of the albums. On Apple Music, like the Ultra Violence banner is fucking like amazing. It's like her on a sunset looking wild emo, but <laughs> at the beach. I mean, where else would she be? <laughs> <laughs> But I don't know, like, you feel the summertime sadness. Even though that was born to die, but it's a cruel world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there's other ones, like the Lust for Life has one, where she's also looking like Lana. And this one, she looks more like one of the Manson killers <laughs> from the 60s or 70s. Right. But still very much her. I mean, if these were her sister's photos, keep killing it because these are fucking dope. So overall for persona, personality, image, 
I mean, major pro. Major me. pro. Like, she has that shit on lock from yeah. the start. Like, it's not like she even... I mean, yeah, she has evolved and I guess you refine and, like, right. fine-tune shit. But from the jump, she had it. Yeah. And music videos also pro, for sure. Pro, yeah. With her discography, we did, like, a mix of pro and cons. And for both of us, she's kind of hit or miss. But... I would say pro overall with her discography because, like, you know it'll always be consistent. Might not always be what you connect to, mm-hmm. but you at least get, like, a certain standard from her. Mm-hmm. And kind of like what you were saying before, like, how you don't mind if certain ones in the past have gotten cut because there's so much else. Like, I feel like she's made enough where, like, okay, not everyone has to be perfect. Not every album necessarily it's going to be amazing like you can't put that expectation on everyone even though we kind of do sometimes but i think especially with this new album she's like cemented herself where god forbid if she were to die today like i think she's already cemented her place among like artists of this generation easily let's end it on that note because that was beautiful (laughs) overall Obviously a pro for both of us. Major pro. So yeah, that wraps up this episode of Pros and Cons. Hope you guys are liking these people overall episodes. This is the second one. Maybe we'll do more. And yeah, I'm Jack. And I'm Kev. And we'll see you next week. Go to the beach. (laughs) Have a good one. And listen to Norman fucking Rockwell. After you listen to Pros and Cons. (laughs) (laughs) Peace. Peace.